0: I'm to do big things. I've been on the ground and got big drinks. Yeah, I'm a do big things. you gon' see my name on the big screen. On the big screen? Yes.
1: I go hard,
0: go hard. If you hit and don't start, don't stop. I'm the boss, I'm the coach, and my team head straight to the top. Keep run me down, I'm too Keep throwing shade on the. Welcome back to Grown and Perfected. One platform that gives you all the secrets. From Beauty Hacks. Tips to all my favorite product and I'm bringing you along for the ride. Welcome, Grown and Perfected. Welcome back to my podcast. If this is the first time listening to my podcast, my name is Macy Victoria and I am the host of the show you're listening to Grown and Perfected. The goal of this podcast is to help you strive in every aspect of your life, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. I love to talk about all things, whether that's body image, faith-based, wellness hacks, or mental health. I love to feature empowering guests and talk about things I'm going through. This podcast is all about answering questions that you might have and giving you solutions to the questions and things you're going through. So if you're new, I'm currently on season three. Make sure you check out any previous episodes because there is tons of value. Without further ado, let's get into the segment of the tip of the week. Tip of the week is to get Halo extensions. Okay, I don't know if you have the same experience. I feel like 60% of girls probably do, but five years ago when I got broken up with, they say, you know you're really in love when you do something drastic to your hair when they break up with you. And I cut 10 inches off of my hair. Yep, that's right. When I was 23, I cut my hair, like not me. I had it paid professionally done. But with how stupid it looked, might as well have been me. I had it cut to my like chin jaw. Oh my gosh. Must have been in love with that guy when I was 23. So it's been like six years later my hair is only two inches probably past my shoulders but if you've been following me for any amount of time i like to look extra okay i like to be dramatic and i like to make a impression on people and two inches past my shoulders just doesn't cut it with me on most days so i researched extensions for the salon okay just to save you the trouble it costs $700 to buy the hair and then another $700 to install it but every three months you have to go back to the salon because they have to weave it up another inch and that costs $300. So I calculated it and it was going to be like $1,200 a year to add some extra length to my hair. I was like, I am not about that, okay? No, 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 that's a waste of time. So then I went on this massive research binge of how to get longer hair temporarily cheaper. So I figured out that Halo extensions are the way. So the website I buy from, you're gonna wanna take out your spiral notebook, write this down, Where if you're like walking in the grocery store, pause this episode, write this down in your cell phone notes. It's called Halo, well, yeah, Halo Extensions. The website is Madison Braids. Madison, M-A-D-I-S-O-N, braids, like braided hair, B-R-A-I-D-S. Madison Braids, no space between, Madisonbraids.com. They have amazing affordable extensions where it's like you can pick the length, whether it's 10 inches you want to add, 12 inches, or 20 inches. You can pick your hair color, whether it's highlighted, ashy blonde, dark brown, brunette, burgundy, gray. They even come in gray extensions. And you can pick if you want like extension um, extension braids or extension ponytail or an extension halo, which is like extensions if you're wearing your hair down. I'm obsessed. I am not sponsored. I'm just letting you know what I love, what I've been using. If you've cut your hair off way too short because of a boy like me from five years ago, check out the brand Madison Braids. Thank me later. The guest I'm gonna be featuring today, her name is Paige and oh my goodness, she's super cool. Here's a little background. She was adopted. She is a National Honor Society student and graduated college early. She's a new business owner and world traveler. She's been to over five countries, for both vacation and mission trips. You are absolutely going to love this conversation. I did want to let my listeners know, though, that today's episode contains sensitive content related to adoption and navigation through being given up for adoption. I understand that these topics can be triggering for some individuals. While we'll be exploring the themes with care and empathy, we want to ensure that you prioritize your well-being. If you decide that this episode isn't suitable for you, I completely understand. Feel free to skip this one or pause it while you don't have little ears listening in the background. Definitely do what's best for you. For those who choose to continue listening... I aim to foster understanding, empathy, and awareness around these important topics in this episode. Our guests today will be sharing their personal experiences and insights, which might resonate with some of you. So let's get into it.
1: Basically, this out of girl. Be. Where? Who? You've been where? Where? Who? For real. Oh, really? That's how you feel, basically?
0: Welcome, Paige, to the Grown and Perfected podcast.
1: Hello. Thanks for having me.
0: So I have a little plot twist for you. Yeah? My platform is called Grown and Perfected, but to loosen you up before our podcast session, I have some throwback questions. Okay. Okay. So before we dive into being grown ups and being perfected versions of ourselves, I'm going to rapid fire, ask you some throwback questions, and you're just going to answer them with whatever first comes to your mind from when you were a kid or teenager. Sound good? Sounds good. Okay. Favorite class growing up in school?
1: Math, if art doesn't count.
0: Okay. No, art counts. It, it was a class that so you had to be in for, like, 45 minutes every day. That counts. All right. Favorite not... throwback TV show.
1: Ooh. Uh, that's a Raven.
0: Oh, okay. You, you're close to mine. Mine's Hannah Montana
1: for sure. Nice. I'll but stop. I'm
0: very sorry. Hannah Montana totally trumped That's a Raven. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it
0: was... definitely
1: lived longer for sure.
0: Oh, yeah. That's a Raven was probably only, what, four seasons like, I, I don't I feel like it. it was as big of a deal.
1: It wasn't.
0: I mean, my TV show that was my favorite had its own concert, you know? That is <laughs> That's true. a Raven that never went to concert venue. Yeah, no. Childhood Celebrity Crush.
1: Oh, I don't know if I really, I mean, like, I feel like if I had to pick one, probably All right, either Justin Bieber or Corbin Blue. But pr- honestly, now oh, that I'm thinking, nice. about it, I feel like more Corbin Blue.
0: Oh, yeah, like, if if you could have the opportunity to go on a date with one of them, you'd choose Corbin Blue. Yeah. I think he would be so much more nicer to you on the date. Right? He <laughs> seemed like high school musical made him seem like such a gentleman. You're just like, oh, my gosh, he's such good husband material.
1: Well, and he was, I don't know if you ever watched it, but jump in. Yes, Phenal- yes.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, okay, even though I'm a couple of years older, it seems like we had the same childhood. <laughs> yeah. Favorite Disney movie growing up?
1: Oh, that's, wow, that is a hard one.
0: My I, was is Monsters, yeah. Inc.
1: My oh,
0: oh my gosh, I couldn't watch it without crying. Could you?
1: Oh, of course not.
0: No, you cry your eyes out when they have to put Boo back in the room.
1: Well, and I, when I was little, I kind of looked like Boo. Aww. So it, <laughs> I feel like it hit home. But uh, I mean, I loved The Little Mermaid.
0: Okay. Oh, have you seen the new live one that came out this summer?
1: I have not yet.
0: Don't worry. I have not either. So I was wanting, <laughs> like, I feel way less FOMO now because you have a secret yeah. and that was your favorite movie growing up. Yeah. Age, you got your first cell phone. Don't feel bad for being honest because I didn't get my first cell phone until I was 18.
1: <laughs> okay. So technically I got my first Phone when I was ten, but I shared it with my older sister. Sharing a phone should never be allowed, but it's a thing, and it was weird.
0: Yeah, that's a a a violation of privacy.
1: It 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 just caused so many problems.
0: Your turn with the phone. Go through all my text messages now.
1: Right. Well, and she was two grades older than me, so it just caused so much drama. But I felt like the cool kid because I was younger and I had like all these older people's numbers. So, but I got my first smartphone going into high school because I convinced my parents that I could afford it. <laughs> okay.
0: First job you had as a teenager?
1: First job, I worked at Sky Zone Trampoline Park. In Fenton? Uh, Chesterfield.
0: Oh, okay. I live near the one in Fenton. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nickname your parents or friends gave you as a child?
1: <laughs> um. So... I had a weird, um, I never really had any nicknames. You can't do much with Paige. There's just not much you can do with that. So my dad- Besides like
0: calling you notebook.
1: (laughs) Right. My dad usually just would call me by my middle name, which is my like given name partially, um, which we'll get into. Um, But- Okay, so no
0: nickname. You're just a page. Yeah.
1: That's it. I, I mean, people did call me Pajian. Pajian was my nickname for a oh, while. I don't
0: like that. <laughs> no, that's not yeah. – no, I don't think I like that.
1: I don't know. Did you like that? Yeah, actually, I didn't oh. mind it. it okay. Was, yeah, no, it's really funny, and especially with working at Sky Zone, they put it on my name tag. And it was funny to watch parents like not know what to say. They would say like passion out of fear to like truly say it. Um, So I eventually had to change it because I was like, it's just causing people to think my name's passion.
0: (laughs) If you could relive any age from 18 years old or below, which age would you relive and why?
1: Oh my God. Honestly. 16.
0: That's my age that I would relive. Yeah. yeah. I feel like 16, I was thriving in life.
1: I was, and there's something about 2016. Like, yeah, the age, but just everything that happened. It was a good year.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, G- Hannah Montana was still a thing in 2016. Justin Bieber yep. was on tour. Taylor Swift tickets were not a thousand dollars each in 2016. <laughs> right. Okay. I yeah. am so so blessed. I got to see the Red Tour in Taylor Swift, and oh, I got wow. to see the 1998. But for this past tour, her era tour, yeah, like, do you know what happened with it? Of how people took all the three hundred dollar tickets and sold them for a thousand dollars on StubHub. So no one that was normal like me that didn't have a thousand dollars to spend on nosebleeds tickets, they couldn't oh, go. Yes. Like, i had no I've searched for hours, and all these mean people, like, upselled her tickets.
1: Oh, my God. See, I have to confess, I am not a Taylor Swift fan. So, like, I haven't been time. looped in on all the drama with her tour, though. What
0: about her? You were great up until this point, Paige. <laughs> we were bonding on Corbin <laughs> Blue even, up until I this know. point. So what about her makes you cringe?
1: So, I've learned, I've come to realize that part of it is that I think anybody that my older sister was obsessed with, I just automatically, like, was not a fan of.
0: Veto. You're like, veto my older sister. Yeah, like- yeah,
1: yeah. And that, and for some reason, she bothers me, and I can't pinpoint why, but-
0: interesting
1: yeah I don't know what it is it's just like one of those things that it's like I can't pinpoint it but I just am not a fan for some reason
0: oh my gosh you're missing out on all the love (laughs) songs in life that are therapeutic
1: I would say I with that being said I definitely have listened to some of her music especially growing up and there's some songs that you just can't help you know so I'm not warding off hundred percent, but I'm definitely like not choosing to listen. But
0: you're like, I don't get the love that everyone else has for her. Y'all are crazy for (laughs) medication. No. So Taylor Swift was two years older than me. And she came out when I was like 14 with teardrops in my guitar. So she was was just a 16 year old and no, like all throughout the years when there wasn't Spotify and you used to buy CDs, like, every two years, I went to Target and would buy the new Taylor Swift album. Right. And that's just a c- core part of my memory. That's right. she's just the girl that I followed. Um, like, Beyonce was above my time.
1: Like, She
0: yeah. was above my time. Like, all these other women were, like, 20 years older than me that were fun like her. Yeah. But Taylor Swift came out when I was a teenager, and I was like... Oh, I follow you. I was here from the beginning.
1: (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) Like, that's fun when you know a star from the beginning. Like, I think me and you both share that with Justin Bieber. Like, we were the kids that saw Baby being released and we went out and bought his first CD, you know.
1: That music video is a core memory in my mind.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely made me want to, like, marry him.
1: Oh, 100%.
0: I was like, I will be your baby. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Just come over. Right. Okay, drum roll. Last question. Before we get into the podcast, how old were you when you had your first kiss? And did you see or feel fireworks in your head?
1: I was probably 14 it was like right at the end of eighth grade I think it was like the summer before freshman year
0: oh nice you got it out of the way before high school
1: yes that's good (laughs) yeah and what was his name his name was Alex and it was just like every awkward eighth grade kiss was probably gonna be
0: (laughs) Was it, like, behind the school bus? Was it in your bedroom?
1: We We were at his house, in his basement.
0: Okay, so did you see or feel fireworks in your head or no? No. (laughs) Oh, I didn't either. That's totally okay. So (laughs) my first kiss was when I was 16. And his name was David. And, yeah, like, he was my first boyfriend. And, like, we kissed, but it was just, like, eh. Maybe I'm not attracted to you. Right. <laughs> like, uh, I ended up breaking up with David. So. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was just like, it was like a weird memory of my first kiss because we both were 16. I, right. I'm pretty sure I was his first kiss, too, because he was bad at it, just <laughs> like me. So I feel like it was just a weird experience, but it's like, who got it over with it. I'll know how yeah. to do the next one. Yep. Okay. So I just wanted to ask you those questions to loosen you up, to have my audience kind of fall in love with your fun personality, but we are going to talk about something that not lots of people experience, which is the journey of being adopted. So for my audience, how old were you when you were adopted and do you have any memories from that time?
1: So I was adopted when I was three weeks old. Um, so very much, no, I have no memories <laughs> of that time. I was barely a human. Um, I, I was an in international adoption. Um, so I'm originally from Vietnam. So I've been in America, living in St. Louis since I was six weeks old.
0: <laughs> do you Do you know where you were at? for the 3 weeks before you were adopted. Were you in a foster care home or were you just in the hospital or did you never find that out?
1: Um I don't know 100% actually. That's actually a really good question. I don't think anybody's ever asked
0: me that. This is why I'm good at podcasting. It, I ask me- this is a good question. Yeah. Um I No way have... you've never asked your birth parents, "Hey, where was I at for the first 3 weeks of my life?"
1: Right. I, I have a feeling though I was probably just with my mom at like her home.
0: You probably were with your birth mom. You think for the first three weeks.
1: Yeah, yeah. I imagine I was just at her home. I, I might have been in the hospital with her because I know she had a hard labor with me. So, okay. I feel like if it wasn't in the hospital, it was at her house. Interesting.
0: So adoption experiences can vary widely. Could you, like also you just described the type of adoption you went through. You yeah. were international. It was when you were a newborn. But how has it shaped your perspective on family?
1: I feel like the major thing that I've gotten with my adoption in terms of family is not only is, you know, one of the more common things you hear is that, like, you don't pick family, but family's forever. And I'm like, I'm one of those cases, though, that my family genuinely picked me. Um,
0: Well, I think that the the phrase, I think you said a little wrong. I think you, you said family doesn't pick you, but I think the phrase is family doesn't pick you. Wait, hold on. Family doesn't pick you, but you choose family. Ah. And your family, yeah, chose you.
1: Yeah. And yeah, I very much, um, my adoption was actually even crazier. We joke about it and you'll learn that very quickly. My adoption is very much humorous um it is a huge part of my life on a serious note but is also a very humorous part of my life um but my family when my parents adopted me they had already adopted um an- my older sister she is not blood related to me but she's also from vietnam so they've gone through an, an international adoption once and when they came to get me they were actually signed up to get a different baby and what? Yeah. And so they actually had two other ones fall through and they were like, we have, you know, one more child that is up for adoption, but we don't have any medical background of the family um, other than the mom had Hep B at some point. And my mom was like, I did not travel all the way halfway around the world. Not come out with out the with the baby." <laughs> yeah. So she was like, I'll take her. <laughs> So, so I have a huge respect You're the
0: second Vietnam adoption.
1: I am, yeah.
0: But your current older sister is not biological. Like you did not have the same mom or the same dad.
1: Correct. Yes. Yeah.
0: From the same country.
1: Yes. Yes. So yeah. is that and
0: your family dynamic is just two kids and a mom and dad, or did they have kids of their own, or did they keep adopting after you?
1: It was, it's just me and my older sister. Yeah. So just two adopted. um, My mom had had a severe case of endometriosis, so she wasn't able to have kids. Um, So they had gone through quite a bit of journey to land on international adoption. They had a couple adoptions fall through in country um, and started exploring international. So I always like, I have a massive respect for any parents that are open to adoption because it's a hard decision um, there's a lot of elements to it that make it very scary um, but I also have a huge respect for m- moms like anybody that knows me uh, knows I'm obsessed with babies I love children but I have a huge respect for mothers because motherhood in general is a incredible journey but when you adopt a child and you take on in aggressive terms, you're taking care of someone else's child, but m- signing up to be someone else's mother is insane. And it's been amazing to see throughout growing up and getting to that point in my life where I can't wait to have, you know, my journey as being a mother.
0: Now backtrack a little bit. I'm going to word fumble because I can't pronounce stuff. Mm-hmm. But that long in word that your mom struggled with, what was that?
1: So um, endometriosis.
0: Endometriosis. <laughs> yeah. I am not super familiar with that, with what that means. And so for any of my audience that also yeah. was like, wait, what is that? Can you elaborate on what struggle that is or why it allows that struggle to not.
1: Yeah. Peter
0: give birth. Like, what is that?
1: So endometriosis is, um, and I'm maybe not 100% correct on this i am not a doctor You're like i'm not a doctor yeah this is to my understanding yeah but it is like a buildup of tissue and like scar tissue um in your uterus okay or maybe your it might be your tubes one of the there's scar tissue down there essentially and it essentially sometimes it can just be a very painful um thing for women it's oddly common nowadays you can have different procedures done um to help ease the pain my mom's unfortunately was just um bad enough to the point where she had a hysterectomy so they completely removed her uterus um if she was
0: gonna get pregnant she would just have a miscarriage the doctors thought
1: yeah yeah she uh, she more likely probably wouldn't be able to get pregnant in general um and so, it was all
0: because, like in layman terms, we're not educated, but it was all yeah. because too much scar tissue for some reason.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, and that can happen for many of weird, random reasons. Um, So, she, yeah, she had the hysterectomy, I believe, in her mid-20s. So, the poor woman had to go through menopause and everything in her late 20s.
0: Oh, my gosh. That's craziness.
1: Yeah, so she hormonal journey of that in itself is wild. Um, But then dealing with the fact that you won't be able to have kids of your own is its journey. And so she and my dad did everything in their power and now I'm here. Yeah. Well,
0: you definitely don't know a lot about me because I like was screening you for this podcast, but I am not unfamiliar at all with adoption and there's like two parts of adoption that I've experienced, but I can tell you some now, maybe the other side can be weaved into another conversation we have in a little bit, but how yeah. you said that your parents had a couple failed adoptions where mm-hmm. mothers changed their mind or, you know, like the father fought for the kid and like they went to Vietnam, and and two dropped out and just you were available. So yeah. my experience with that is, Four years ago, my dad remarried, and my dad's 50, but he remarried a woman, my stepmom, who is 40. And she has never had any kids before. And so she told my dad when they got married, like, oh, hey, like, do you mind if we adopt so we can raise a baby together? But I can have that experience. Right. So they applied for all of these adoption places. Uh, Three years ago, they found this mother— And she was, like, very young mother, 21 years old. And they found her three months before she was going to give birth. So for three months, they had this idea, oh, this is going to be our baby. So, again, this is uneducated terms because I don't know all the logistics. (laughs) Yeah. But there's something about right after the birth mother gives birth, she has to wait 48 hours. To be cleared of medicine, just like to have a breather from giving birth. But after Mm -hmm. two days of that 48 hours, that's when she's able to sign the papers to release the baby to my dad and stepmom. So, three years ago, my dad and stepmom in the hospital got to spend the whole first two days with this baby. Yeah. On hour 48, this mother decided, you know what? Never mind. I don't want to sign the papers. Yeah. So, my mom, not my stepmom and dad like super sad because they got attached. Of
1: course.
0: You know, it was a three-month process of getting attached. Yeah. But this past July, they so my dad and stepmom re-signed up for this process again. And in December, this past Christmas, there it was a different experience. Uh, they came across this lady who was 40, her oh. boyfriend was 63. And this mom was like, oh, well, we want to give our baby up for adoption because we're 40 years old and 63, okay? So for eight months, my dad and stepmom went on this journey again, okay? Mm -hmm. In July, two months ago, or last month, the baby was born. And again, two whole days, they spent time with the baby in the hospital. Guess what happened again?
1: Oh, no. Like
0: 48 hour on the mark when my stepmom Shannon was like, hey, sign the papers so I can take the baby home. The 40 year old woman was like, you know what? Actually, I'm fine. I'll take it home. And so I definitely have been through twice feeling so heartbroken for my stepmom. I really don't Mm -hmm. feel heartbroken for my dad because he's already had kids.
1: Right. But.
0: For my stepmom to go through that rejection twice. Probably your mom relates to She probably went through very similar things. Yeah.
1: And so, yeah, yeah. And one of our good friends also went through a couple of failed adoptions. And I was old enough to like be aware of that. And it was, it's heartbreaking at any point. Um, Failed
0: adoptions where the birth mother changed her mind.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I feel like there's it's definitely not talked about enough um for people going through the adoption process having a failed adoption is just like the biggest tease that you could have happen to your heart you know you are just so excited and to not be able to complete that journey is just so heartbreaking and it's a huge reason why like I was always that kid that was, I have like the lowest pain tolerance of anybody and I'm a big baby when it comes oh, to, me too. So I, I was always like, out. I was adopted, I'm going to adopt one day, but now like I changed my mind hundred percent and I want my own kids, but I'm like for my mom, my mom is so excited to watch her daughters have children because she gets to go through that journey through us and with us because yeah. she's something, you know, she never got to do.
0: Yeah. Do you know if your mom ever had that scenario of a failed adoption where, you know, your mom and dad were on track to have the baby, but within the 48-hour mark of them signing the paper, the couple changed their mind? Or do you not know the details of why it was a failed adoption?
1: Um, The only major one I know of was not the parents changing the mind, but it was a younger mom and her dad had a very big misconception of what the adoption was going to be. And then they
0: want an open adoption where they yeah. got to write the kids letters and stuff.
1: He took it a little too far and was like, you know, we want to bring him on vacations and come see him whenever we want. And my mom was just kind of like, no, you know, I am signing up to be a mother. I'm not a babysitter. I, this would be my child, you know, and an open adoption is one thing, but it has to be very much agreed upon on both sides. And so it ended up failing because they just heard the mother of the child just couldn't
0: totally release her adoption. Yeah. She wanted to still be half part mom.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if it was necessarily her, but I know it was very much her father that was very adamant about being a part of the child's life too so they I know that one was I don't know about any others though
0: many people have misconceptions about adoption what's one thing you wish more people understood about the adoption process or being adopted um you kind of just mentioned it that you wish more people understood that there's a huge chance of failed adoption the mother changing her mind and you wish more people understood that sense of rejection but what would be mm-hmm. another thing that you're like, this is misunderstood, and I would like to clarify this?
1: Yeah, I would say that every adoption is different, and more so the misconception is is that the birth parents didn't want their child. The didn't want is two words that can be very impactful. And um, triggering. In, yeah, in a situation like this. And yes, are there many hundreds of thousands of adoptions where yes, the mother or father or both didn't want the child couldn't handle having the child. Yes. Um, but for many, especially international adoptions, it is the biggest sacrifice any mother can do to selflessly give up something that they created is the biggest selfless heroic thing you can do you're completely giving up the right to be the mother that you of something that you created for nine months yeah and you know my mother would have loved to be able to raise me but for her she you know they still live in massive poverty and like to this day and she saw that you know she didn't want me to have to live the life she was living so she sacrificed being my mother and giving me up to allow me to have life and I think a lot of people forget that adoption isn't just about somebody not wanting their child. it's about someone wanting better for somebody else other than yeah. themselves
0: I really I really like that yeah I think that needs to be a bumper sticker exactly
1: like <laughs> adoption
0: isn't just about the mom not wanting me, it's about sometimes sacrifice. Think about yeah. that exclamation point. Did you ever go through a period of wondering about your biological family? Like how did you handle those feelings and did you ever decide to search for them?
1: So since I am an in international adoption, it, my parents are as white as white could be <laughs> And so it was not one of those things that you could really keep a secret or like wait too long to tell yeah. your ancient daughters that, hey, you're not biologically ours. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I have known for as long as I can remember, um, I grew up with a couple pictures of, I have, I'm one of many daughters. My mom had six daughters. Um, And I am the second youngest of six. Um, So I grew up with pictures of my birth family. um, And I would dream of like them. And it was always just like something that was for me as a child, something like fun. I was like, oh, I'm like, I have family on the other side of this world. Yeah, that's so cool. Like, that's so cool. That's so like random, but fine. And then as I got older... We, when I was 10, we went back to Vietnam with a bunch of families with adopted kids from Vietnam, um, so that we could experience where we're from. Um, and we had the opportunity to meet my family. So I met my mom, dad, younger sister, and then one of my half sisters. Um, and then fast forward a decade. Wait, my- how
0: old were you when you met your biological mom and dad?
1: So I was 10. Uh,
0: okay.
1: Yeah. And up until that point, my mom and dad have always been very good about exposing us to our culture. We grew up going to different events and making Vietnamese food at home and things like that. Um, So I was very much already like had an idea of somewhat of my culture. But to go there at 10 was very fun um, and get to meet them. And then a decade later, so this past December to January we actually went back again just my mom my dad and myself and while we were there I met my a few more of my older half sisters and then we saw my mom my dad and my younger sister again um so it's nice because it's like this half open adoption where you know we have a huge language barrier they don't speak any English I don't speak any English. So we've had translators the few times that we've met, but anybody knows that anybody that has been around having to have use a translator to speak knows that there is a lot miss um, missing out. <laughs> There's a lot of words that you probably don't get <laughs> in the conversation. Um, so it's been nice because I haven't had to wonder about them and it's been a weird but fun journey of getting to know them.
0: So you, so is your my Ma- biological mom and dad still together
1: so they were never married their culture there is a little different um so my mom was married and had my older four half sisters and then her husband left her and she got with my dad um who is married and has so I have a half brother with him and then they had they got together and had me and my younger sister, but it wasn't as, it's, it's not as frowned upon as it is here.
0: Like divorce or separation?
1: Yeah. the Separation. Yeah. It, it's just not as frowned upon there. Um, so yeah. So they're, I think they're together now. They oh, okay. Together. I don't know a hundred percent. Again, it's hard to learn about that through translation. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I know they live together now, though.
0: But you're super blessed because now you've gotten to meet them twice, your mom and biological dad. So that's so much more than a lot of kids. Yes. Adoption often raises questions about identity. So how has your adoption influenced your sense of self and how you view your own identity? Like you said, and I made a joke about the bumper sticker. Some people feel just the huge identity of rejection. Um, but how has it influenced you being adopted with how you view yourself?
1: So I always knew I was a little different because I was also raised in the private school world. So like I was the diversity. <laughs> so I always stuck out. Um, and it was, again, very obvious that I was adopted the minute my yeah. parents came to any function. yeah. Um, and so it's always been a huge part of me. I've it, It's a huge part of how I look at life and how I look at, you know, the good and the bad. When bad things happen, obviously, you know, I'm going to be upset. But at the end of the day, I'm like, I wouldn't even be in an air-conditioned house in dealing with a situation had I not been adopted. So it's a huge uh-huh. part of how I, like, look at the world. And I think it allows me to be very free spirit still controlled but the free spirit and be open to things um because I just have a wider I don't know just I think
0: you ar- have a wider sense of appreciation
1: yeah yeah I really am not a super bothered person by much because I'm just like I'm just happy to be here <laughs> <laughs> I'm just happy I'm not the not yeah, yeah, I'm just happy to be here like, uh, That's you know? that it, it is a huge joke though um with everybody that knows me is that me being adopted is very humorous because I am what a lot of people would say very whitewashed um <laughs> being raised in the community I was but it's funny because somebody asked me one day and speaking of good questions she one of my friends looked at me one day and goes do you think you'd be the same person if you were my mom's like if you were born from my mom Sharon and I was like wow I don't wow I don't know <laughs> I don't think so though because it is just such a big part of who I am and how well
0: of course you, would, you would have different humor. And different traits
1: yeah yeah so it is it is a big part and it's interesting to see because, like, my sister, my older sister, is very closed off about her adoption. She's very shy. Ooh, that's interesting.
0: Um, you and yeah. her are different in that way.
1: Oh, yes. We're very different people. Um, she's a huge introvert, very shy. And she was an only child before she was adopted. So I okay. think because I had family and I had things to connect to, and I was just always more interested in it, um, I'm just more open about it where my sister is not rude by any means, but she definitely not is willing to sit down and like have a conversation about it. She wouldn't be
0: on a podcast talking about it like you.
1: No, no.
0: (laughs) Did you tell her you're going to be on a podcast talking about your adoption journey or not yet?
1: I did not. I did tell my mom she was interested.
0: Oh, awesome. Yeah, whenever this comes out, I'll send you the direct link and you'll have to forward it to your mom. Yes. Your mom's ego is going to be boosted so much because you have talked very highly of your mom. <laughs> your mom's going to be smiling right now at this moment <laughs> in the podcast, being like, my ego is boosted. Thanks.
1: Right? I'll get a text, I'm sure.
0: Yeah. As an adopted child, what is the hardest thing you continually deal with? Can you pinpoint to anything that is like, this is
1: a struggle? The guilt, I think. in it's you know, a blessing and a curse that I've met my family. I know my family. I know I have siblings. I always wanted to be a older sister. So when I found out, I didn't know I had a younger sister until I was, oh gosh, 18, 19 years old. Um, so it was, it's a blessing and a curse because she is 19 now. And it's one of those things where, I get hard on myself when I go through things and I'm angry and I'm like, Paige, like, y- do you even have the right to be angry? You know, it, it it's back and forth because I feel guilty because I'm like, I am living such an incredible life here. And my sis, my younger sister has me on Facebook and social media. So she sees the life I'm living.
0: Your younger sister didn't get adopted.
1: no. No, I have
0: out of the five or six kids your biological mom had, how many did she give up for adoption?
1: She gave up two.
0: Oh, okay, wow! Yeah. So, your guilt comes from you've met your little sister who's 19, and you visited Vietnam this past summer, I think you said, of where she's living, mm-hmm. and any like quote unquote, American problem you have of like, oh, my boyfriend made me upset today or, oh, I lost my car keys. You instantly feel guilty because you have this past of, wow, my sister doesn't even have car keys right now, you know? Yeah. Is that Uh, kind of a sense of the guilt you feel?
1: Yeah. Oh, 100%. The last time, so this past time when I saw them, I knew this time was going to be different. I'm 23 now. So now
0: you've seen your sister twice then
1: right so I saw her when she was about seven years old and then again when she was 18 because she just turned 19 this past year this
0: is your biological sister same mom same dad
1: yes she's the only one of my sisters that is full blood yeah dad the same um and when I was 10 meeting them it was one of those things where it's like oh I finally get to see where I get my long fingers where Uh I get my face shape And I was still, I was very shy when I was that young. Um, So it was very much a very different experience. Whereas this past time, you know, I'm an adult now and to have way more awareness and consciousness of what's going on and what this means to them is, was very hard. I had a whole, if you watch my, (laughs) if you watch my videos, um, I did vlogs when I was in Vietnam and I recorded the good and the bad and I had a full mental breakdown in the day of meeting my family because it was like, you know, the last time I'm probably gonna see my mom and dad in their lifetime. Oh why? Because
0: are they old?
1: Uh, Like don't think you
0: can go back again in ten years. That's not an option.
1: I would say potentially I don't I know she like my mom and dad aren't in the best of health Oh. Um, they're not super old but it is one of those things where I have no idea when the next time I'm gonna be able to get over to Vietnam is um, and to for them to see me full grown it was like we went to their house and I was like I, I had told my mom I was like I really don't know if I can go to their house. I mean, like, I don't know if I'm ready to see that. Um and we went ahead and went and it was one of those things where their house could fit in my bedroom, you know? And I'm like when I moved into my house, I was like, wow, like my room is so much smaller than my last two apartments. And when I went to their house, I was like, how could I even be have upset? that thought. Yeah. I'm like, their whole house fits in my bedroom, you know? Um, so it is one of those things that can be tricky (laughs) to navigate.
0: So definitely I'm nosy and answered this for me, but I'm sure any of my listeners listening are probably wondering the same thing. Can you describe what as best to what you know about it? Can you describe what your 19 year old sister's life looks like? Like, Does she have shoes to wear? Like, does she only have two outfits? Like, can you describe what her life is like in Vietnam? Because I've I've been out of the country, but not to Vietnam. And I'm pretty sure everyone else listening have never been to Vietnam. (laughs) It's not your go-to place. No. So tell us, what does a 19-year-old's life look like in Vietnam?
1: Yeah. I'm saying that wrong,
0: aren't I? I'm adding another syllable. I'm sorry, I'm pronouncing that wrong.
1: That's okay. All good um for her so my family lives in poverty so they're definitely not living the full modern day life there they have um i mean i think everywhere does but their economy is very either under the spectrum you don't see a lot of in between um so for her i mean i know she hasn't gone to school since she was like 14 oh wow like she um,
0: no longer ever since she became a freshman in high school didn't have the means to continue
1: yeah, yeah. So she's been out of school. Um. So at that point, you know, they're very much.
0: Well, she's less educated to be yeah. able to move up in society.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, she works a job every day. So to... what's her job? Um, I'm not 100% sure. I think she is like a vendor. She sells different, like, clothes and things. Vietnam is very heavy on, like, street vendors and things okay. like that. Um, So it's a very interesting place. Um, So in Vietnam, again, it's very modern in the big cities. But if you go up to the mountains, they still have, you know, 13, 14 year olds getting married and having kids because they're in the mountain villages where that's still a way of life because it's necessity for survival type of thing. So it's very (laughs) interesting to compare the two different lifestyles but she lives a very simple life um I would say like for her clothes she's got a couple nice things for events but on a daily basis people aren't able to dress to look cute and match things you know
0: um does she have friends or there's no friendships in Vietnam
1: um people are very friendly they're very community based they're some of the nicest people I've ever met (laughs) Um, you definitely think she does have friends like people come to her house and they'll like hang out like we do in America um they do a lot more hanging out on like streets and out and about at restaurants they love their karaoke (laughs) so they don't they don't really hang out at people's house like we would
0: interesting okay
1: so adopted individuals
0: sometimes encounter insensitive comments or questions how do you respond to those situations like when you are the black sheep of your school or when people meet your parents and immediately realize you're adopted um how do you respond to those situations and what advice would you give to others listening right now facing similar questions from others
1: So I think for me, I haven't encountered too many times where it made me feel horrible just because I am so open about it. And it's a joke and very humorous in my life. Um, I I've definitely had some people where they'll say something like, wow, I'm really glad you said that to me and not like my sister, because that would have broken, you know,
0: like like me too. Thanks for telling me not to talk about your sister about adoption.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I, I haven't personally experienced too much of that. Um, I would say on my, like, I experience more insensitive things in my family about adoption more than outward people. Um, my advice to though, to adoptees and then also people wanting to ask questions to adoptees is that just be sensitive and be, you know, be aware of ignorance, you know, it's, it's okay to ask questions out of ignorance, but, you know, be like, Hey, like, I don't know how to ask this properly. And then maybe say it the way that might be a little insensitive (laughs) because, you know, you wouldn't want to go up to somebody like, so did your mom just not want you, (laughs) you know, you'd be like, Hey, like, I don't really know how to ask this, but do you know why you were put up for adoption you know it's like being aware of wording I think that goes on any aspect in conversation in life but especially something as sensitive as family matters you know it's like any other family matter you don't ask somebody aggressively about the divorce they're going through or you know the miscarriage they had you want to be just as sensitive about that as adoption I think people get kind of like too eager, (laughs) which is great. You know, I, you know, it's good to learn. Um, But just being on both sides sensitive, you know, remembering as an adoptee, not it's adoption is not a widely talked about thing. So understanding that people aren't going to necessarily know how to talk about it properly.
0: Well, what I think is so cool is I've allowed you to be on this platform. And unless like something super creepy happens, it should never be deleted. And (laughs) Anytime, you know, you might get into a new relationship with a significant other, fingers crossed, not, not hoping that you and your boyfriend <laughs> break up, but like anytime you have a friend that maybe is really struggling to understand your adoption story or for your future kids, you have this podcast link to be like, oh, you know what? Maybe I'm not best describing my adoption story. Listen to this podcast I was featured on two years ago yeah. um, or like let's say you know your current boyfriend isn't in the future your husband and you do when you're 25 have to restart over with love you can be like oh you know before I just gush everything out listen to the podcast (laughs) then we can talk about this podcast to just save me from doing all this over again you know right um so yeah I'm so excited that I was able to give you this platform for you to have a healthy way to have your voice and have your truth with how you feel about adoption And I hope that, like, you use this link to pass it along to anyone that, like, might have misconceptions, you know? Yeah. So, adoption stories can be powerful and impactful. How have you ever used your experience to, like, educate others or inspire others? Like, a good example of that would be, like, you're being featured on this podcast. But, like, did you ever write a book report about your adoption when you were in high school? Or did you ever go on a mission trip and share your testimony what ways have you used your story besides being on my platform
1: yeah so I think for me I am like a huge overshare so I can't tell you how many people that I have met out of nowhere that know my story um, I was um, a personal assistant and a like front desk for a long time in the beauty world uh, in salons and I can't tell you how many countless clients randomly no. like- and we spark conversation and you know they ask questions and just giving them different pieces opens up like this whole different world that people usually are closed off by um I had talked to a doctor one time about anxiety and depression and he had leaned in and been like hey like have you ever thought about seeing a trauma therapist and I was like He's like, now stay with me. I know that sounds really aggressive (laughs) because you seem fine, (laughs) but (laughs) have you ever considered it? I was like, well, what do you mean? He's like, well, in plain terms, a child was taken from their mother and that's traumatic. Even if you have no recollection on a genetic level, that is traumatizing. And I had that conversation in the last, like three, I think it was like two and a half, three years ago. And that has opened up a whole nother world of like people understanding and giving more grace to people that are adopted and going through different family problems and going through different things in life and being able to be like, hey, like as a part of psychology, let's remember they went through something unrelated but has a very long standing effect. And I've had so many people that I've just like talked to at the grocery store or, you know, at work that have like this whole different look on adoption after just hearing my little wild story.
0: <laughs> so I definitely, I've never heard of like a trauma therapist before, but I definitely feel like I need to go to a trauma therapist <laughs> because the other part of the adoption story that I've experienced that I wanted to weave into this um, So when I was 10, so I have an older brother. It's me and then my little sister. So we have three of us, okay? Mm -hmm. And my dad, like, just, like, wanted a big family. (laughs) Like, three were not enough for him. So when I was 10, and this is, like, so funny because you don't, like, know this about me, but I knew that I was so familiar with your story. So we adopted four Vietnamese children. Oh. So, we adopted my older brother named Brian and he came to us when he was, like, he's older than me. So, he was 14. So, we adopted when he, mm-hmm. him when he was 14. His birth mother, though, was here. She, like, got her it's not your green light but your green card, I guess. Yeah. Am I saying that right? Yeah. yeah. So, she flew from Vietnam, was able to land here, start a life here, but Obviously, she, since she came from Vietnam, didn't have the healthy setup to have a fruitful life in America. And Mm -hmm. so we adopted her son. So Brian. Okay. So then we were going to this church and my pastor talked to my dad about how these two biological Vietnamese sisters needed to be adopted. And they were like six and ten. So one year later, now I'm eleven. I get two more sisters, Angela and Sarah, okay? They also they had their mom here, but their mom just was struggling too much with Mm -hmm. moving from another country, couldn't take care of them. So I'm 11. All of a sudden we have a new brother, Brian, and then Angela and Sarah. So then when I'm like 12, one year later (laughs) We get another phone call, and they're like, there's this boy still in Vietnam. His name's Landon. Well, his name was Kyrie, but my mom changed his name to Landon. And he was three years old. And the mom was a lesbian and said, I don't want my son to grow up around this culture, so please adopt him. I know you've adopted three others. Oh, okay. Wow. So, this is where I need the trauma therapy, okay? So, I'm 14 years old. All of a sudden, have these four Vietnamese kids in my house, and we adopted them, okay? Yeah. Get ready. This is crazy, Paige. This is crazy. So, my oldest brother, Brian, does something bad, and he can no longer stay with us. Okay. And this is just after four years of adopting them all so my oldest brother brian does something bad he's like 16. so we have to send him off to military school just get him out of the house uh-huh. so brian leaves eight months later my older sister angela she's probably like 16. i'm 14. the oldest vietnamese daughter She tells me that, like, she hates my strict family, and she's going to run away this weekend when she visits her birth mom. And as, like, a young middle schooler, I didn't have the gravity of understanding. I didn't think she'd really run away. But Angela went missing for two days in St. Louis. The cops found her. She cut off her hair. She got a tattoo within those two days. Oh, my god! And we brought her back to our house. But she, like, attacked my dad. And so my dad's like, that's fine. I'm just going to call the cops. You can go away. We're not going to force you to live with us. So that legal guardianship never turned to adoption. Angela went back. And she either went back to her birth mom or foster care. Like, we don't know. Okay. Two weeks after Angela left, her little sister, Sarah, probably like 10, came Mm. into my mom and dad's room. And said, if my sister's not here, please let me go back, live with my birth mom. Call my birth mom. I want to go back. And my mom and dad were like, well, if we say no, you're going to do the exact same thing in a few years. You're going to run away. Right. So they said, okay, we will cancel the adoption and we will give you back to your birth mom. Okay. So now I'm 15, lost three siblings. And following year, three years in a row, Kyrie, which we renamed Landon, yeah, probably like five, birth mom calls us up. She says, I'm no longer a lesbian. Now I have a husband. Can you cancel the adoption? I want my kid back.
1: Oh.
0: So, so we, my parents were so done. They were like, we can't believe this keeps happening to us. If we tell the birth mom no, which they could have, Landon's going to run away. Like, they're like, this has all been such a disaster because they all came way too old from broken homes. Yeah. So now it's only my brother and sister again. And we fully adopted Brian. So he has our last name. But I only see my adopted brother Brian once a year. Um, he's not actively involved in our family because he has a lot of trauma issues of number one, his birth mom didn't want him. And then number two, we couldn't take care of him. So he got bullied in military school because he was Asian. So it was not close to my brother, Brian, but I have those three foster siblings that are out in the world that I like did live with for a good three years of my life. And yeah, so. I thought it was crazy when that is wild. I messaged you and you're like, I'm Vietnamese. I was adopted. I'm like, girlfriend, I got you. <laughs> I'm not foreign to this conversation. Right. But no, I it just like shows you, like you said in the beginning, you know, your parents struggled with not finding a person that didn't want to overstep in the adoption and have too much of an open adoption. Your parents came to Vietnam and picked up the wrong kid you know they weren't gonna (laughs) get you so adoptions I think a misconception is they're not cut and dry like they aren't so many mothers change their mind or so many mothers back out or Mm -hmm. so many kids are placed in foster care that end up running away or their mother wants them back you know Mm mm-hmm yeah so that's my story
1: that is wild (laughs)
0: But unlike you, I never bring that up because it was something that happened when I was 14. Right. It's just not a part of my life anymore. Right. Like, how would I randomly bring that up? Oh, hey, listen to this effed up thing that happened. (laughs) So we adopted these four kids and then one kid did something bad. One kid ran away. One kid wanted to follow the sister that ran away. And then one kid's mom wasn't a lesbian anymore. And what is that? (laughs)
1: Peace. Yeah. Hope you enjoy the show. <laughs> people. like I always like I'll meet people and then I'll like be in a conversation and then my adoption will come out and they're like oh you're adopted I'm like oh my god I forgot that I have never told you that but I'm like because the, they didn't uh, meet your
0: parents like as long as they don't meet your right. parents and they just meet your sister they think your parents are Asian probably
1: yeah oh my gosh yeah like I always forget to tell people and then I'm like well, how else am I, like, I'm not going to meet somebody and be like, hi, my name's Paige. I'm adopted. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's just not how you introduce yourself. So I, yeah. do, I, I do forget to tell people.
0: For any of my listeners that want to reach out to you to let them know you encouraged them or ask you further questions about your adoption journey, pimp yourself out. How can they best reach you? Whether it's Facebook Messenger, Instagram, or an email you want to give out. If anyone wants to contact you to talk to you further, because maybe they're adopted too, how do you want to be contacted?
1: Hmm. Honestly, any of the above. I answer everything I get. So Which They
0: don't know it of it's that though. So give us your Instagram. handles. What's your Instagram handle?
1: Instagram would be my first name and last name with a period in between. So page with an I. P-A-I-G-E, <laughs> period. My last name, K-R-E-H-E-R. Um, and same goes on Facebook.
0: But with no period, right? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Well, I appreciate you so much, Paige. Thank you for your vulnerability, your time talking about all of these emotional things. I definitely wanted to have you on our podcast because my podcast is Grown and Perfected people trying to be perfected versions of themselves and everything you've said of how you know you have to watch the way you ask people questions and you have to have a grateful attitude because of your adoption journey and all the self-improvement you're trying to do. I knew you were a perfect replication of being grown and perfected. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast today.
1: Thank you. Thanks
0: for listening to Grown and Perfected with Macy Victoria. Subscribe for new episodes every Tuesday. Available on Spotify and iTunes. Wait one moment. Before you go, if you are someone that has a side hustle, has overcome an addiction, or possibly has a public platform like myself, I would love to feature you on this podcast. I'm all about collaboration over competition. So let's collaborate. You can contact me on my Instagram or secret Snapchat group. Both platforms are grown and perfected. Tell me your story and let's chat. I would love to feature you on the Grown and Perfected podcast. I'm a two big things. I've been on the ground and got big dreams. Yeah, I'm a two big things. You can see my name on the big screen. Yes. I go hard, go hard If you and don't stop, don't stop don't I'm the boss, I'm the coach In charge. In charge. And my team hit straight to the top Okay, oh. run me down I'm too fast, keep throwing shade, I just